Football is back, and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast, Living RFC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hung. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? I'm very good. I am communing with the conference of the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> I feel I feel spiritually connected to the Champions League. Oh man, what a week. What it's a week. We were absolute... saying before how I think that maybe the Champions League has started to hit. <sighs> maybe a bit of a peak in terms of lols just as they're about to change it <laughs> it felt to me like i've really started enjoying my degree just before leaving uni and i'm like oh i could have done with more of that then it's like oh, all yeah, change. I wish, I'd, wish i'd concentrated a little bit more in years one or <laughs> trust me the law degree i tried man. i tried to concentrate but it was uh, it was tough going but yeah red cards red cards wonder goals people headbutting beers thrown from the crowd oh god just the first five minutes yeah yeah i know uh we'll get on to the champions league in a bit we're going to whiz through a load of stuff because we've got to get this recorded and over to the good people at the ringer before they sign off for thanksgiving so we're not going to go into too much depth for each game but we there was a lot decided on this uh match day before we get going quick bit of admin first of all we hope everyone's staying safe and well getting vaccinated if you can getting boosted if you can Oh my God, give me the boost Give me it. Uh, second of all, Stadio newsletter went out on Wednesday. Thanks to everyone who signed up. If you want to get a weekly newsletter from us, go to stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in, sign up. Uh, we don't do anything apart from send you email, it doesn't go anywhere, no data passed on, etc., etc. Um, You get a confirmation email when you sign up, so just make sure you check your junk mail. And also check your junk mail every Wednesday because even though... I write the thing, it goes into my junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Wright's house went up on Wednesday with Mr. Arsene Wenger. What a treat. Thanks to everyone who's got in touch about it so far. Feedback's been lovely. Uh, it was a really, really enjoyable chat. I wish we had longer with him, but he was, he was on the clock. He was indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course... Ring RC is available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So if you do listen on an app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. Be very kind. Uh, there's a week left on Stadio number eight t- uh, sweatshirts. Go to weareprintsocial.com forward slash Stadio. You get the tote bags there as well. All of the proceeds are being donated to the Trussell Trust, supporting UK food banks. All the support is massively appreciated. Thanks to everyone who's bought them already. Printed and shipped. When the campaign ends, there's a little timer underneath the order for well, the, the page thingy, the description, which shows you how long you've got left. Uh, any other admin? Is there any other admin? That piece I wrote about... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We might have mentioned that already, but yeah, it's up on it ringer.com forward slash soccer. That is the up. Mighty ringer. 
Stadio Actuals players on Spotify. That's the last thing. So, today, Champions League. Yep, yep. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Actually, before we do get into the Champions League, uh, literally just before we started recording, um, the independent, uh, sorry, the, the Tracy Crouch's, the, Tracy Crouch, the former UK sports minister, has called on the government to create a new independent regulator for English football, which will give fans more say in the running of Premier League clubs. The Premier League's welcomed it. It's literally been published just before we went on air, so we're going to save it because I'd quite like to read some of it, but it's 162 pages. So yeah, even even for my skim reading, that's uh, yeah. We'll read up a little bit about it, and we'll do it on Monday, maybe, or do some on Monday when we know more. Yeah, yeah. But, but, um, yeah, but so yeah. give that a shout out at the top of the show. Let's begin in Manchester, because Manchester City are yet again top of their Champions League group, and they will go through top of their Champions League group, coming from behind to beat PSG two one. At the Etihad. Hmm, what a curious game of football because it looked as though PSG, that front three, didn't really fancy doing a huge amount on Wednesday night. Strange team, strange, strange team. Just like clockwork, Mbappe pops up with a goal to put them 1-0 up. It's the way they combine. It's a funny one. Like The thing with PSG is, the question is, can they absorb sufficient shock? to then hit you when their strikers feel inspired. They're a bit like a 500 page epic novel where there's like only about three paragraphs of action. But when the action comes, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? <laughs> I was going to call out a novel, but I was like, no, I can't. I can't be calling out authors. I can't. Even, even, even authors if they're long- sending from the other authors. Oh, actually, speaking of authors, congratulations. On what? Blue Dot. Book of the Year. Oh, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. Yeah, that's really nice, isn't it? Congratulations, Musa. Musa, if you didn't know, Musa got awarded Book of the Year by Blue Dot, Fest- Blue Dot Festival. That was, for, uh, you know, what can I, say? I, I know what everyone's saying. Which bloody book? <laughs> so Blue Dot Festival, very kindly named, um, in the end, it's all about love, their favourite book of 2021, which means a lot because they are like a really forward-thinking festival. And like, I'm really flattered by that. And They've got Bjork headlining in July. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh I really my like Vespertine. I really like, well, I love I Bjork. I think you should do, you should, you should do readings from the book with Bjork doing the music. Honestly, don't even, don't even, don't even get me started on imagining that. I Speaking love, of wild collabs, yes. wild collabs, did you see on. the Atleti and other things post? Oh my God, the Chase the Serrano the thing you noticed, that's amazing. They basically just ripped off one of Shay's book covers randomly Wednesday morning. So weird. Anyway, yes, where were we? Man City. Yeah, uh, Man City, it's interesting. So very much PSG just feel like a team of shock absorbers in terms of that, like hard running midfield. Absorb the shock, the back seven, and then the front three will get you something. But the thing about this was, it was a vindication for Man City just playing their game. We saw them do this actually a couple of times, I think. We've seen them do it a few times actually the last couple of seasons where they go a goal down and just keep playing their football. And they seem to be on a mission to be like, eh, we're going to win this Champions League without a striker. Well, I mean, technically, Gabriel Jesus is a striker, but his finishing, consistent finishing has deserted him in recent months, I think it's fair to say, but he's back. He's looking good again. And City just circulated the ball extremely well. And whatever happens in the later stages of the tournament, I fully expect them to be involved as a front runner. Do you think they'll both heavily rest? for the final round of fixtures seeing as they're both set on their positions you never ever know with you know because the thing with PSG there's commercial considerations aren't there so I wonder if there's like some kind of incentive to play at least one of the stars I don't know you you never know with PSG the thing with them is I have to say I don't think a NASA scientist could calculate exactly how good they are they're the strangest team they're like PSG could win everything in sight and I'd still never know how good they were. They are an absolute, they are an absolute mystery. And I think that PSG were created just to tell us that like sometimes in life, 
was talking to an ex about this. She said, Musa, the thing is sometimes when you're working on stuff, you're a writer, like you're just a bit enigma to some people. And I think PSG are like football's enigma. I just have no idea how good they are. I agree. Speaking of another enigma, go to the other game in this group. RB Leipzig beating Club Brugge 5-0 away from home. Check the stat out from Opt France. It's the first time that RB Leipzig have won a match in European competitions by a margin of five goals. And they've never had a greater victory away from home in professional football in all competitions. They are a truly strange team, Leipzig. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> it's know what is... a strange group, isn't it? Group I, don't know, I don't know what is... Are they on a journey? Are they going through something? I don't know. You know, I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of this going about where I almost watched Leipzig. Actually, do you know what Leipzig remind me of? So there was a, there was a pub, right, mm. in central London, and they served Guinness there. And I used to go and have Guinness there. I love Guinness, but I used to go to this pub, Ryan, because I never knew from week to week what the, what the Guinness was going to be like. Sometimes the head was tiny, sometimes it's massive. It was a curiosity because I'm like, you know, you get Guinness for consistency, but I was like, I just amazed by how consistently wrong they could get it. And they always got it wrong in a different way every single week or got it right. Sometimes every now and again, it was spectacular. This Leipzig team, when they're on, they're just fluid. They're beautiful. It's spectacular. When they're wrong, it's just like, what? Like what is, yeah. and I mean, to their credit, to their credit, because it's, we like to be affirming on this podcast, the fluidity of some of the play in the first half was superb. I mean, Brugge were not really at the races, but still they were punished. Leipzig beat them as an elite team should beat them. Mm. You know, they have been a team that's been difficult to put away at home, Brugge, actually. They've not been the easiest. Um, yeah, they gave PSG a run for the money. They, they really did. They really did. And I think with th- the thing with them is, with Brugge, I will say, is they lost Emmanuel Dennis last year, who was a big threat on the counter, who was a real goal threat, who I think he fell out with the squad. So, you know, he wasn't necessarily missed off the field, but on the field, certainly missed. Um, and once Nkunku got that lead and he's been superb this year, there was just no way back. Yeah. Before at the half. And they kind of eased off as well. They kind of mm. eased off. Yeah, that was the, the great headbutting a beer happened, I think, for the celebration of the fourth or fifth goal. Fifth goal, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable scenes. Um, it was a good one. Akin Bialoza looked very, very pleased with himself on the touchline. And so he should, because he took charge of the side because of Jesse Marsh's positive COVID test. That's a really, really important win for them because that puts them in a much better position now for the Europa League. When that group got drawn, coming behind the financial muscle of PSG and Manchester City and going into the Europa League, it's not a dreadful outcome. No, it's not a bad outcome. It's really, it's really not. It's not. The disappointing thing from Leipzig is that um, I think they definitely could have picked up a couple of other points on the way mm. because PSG have been very, very strange. They've only scored nine, conceded seven. Leipzig have been scoring heavily but conceding heavily. PSG are a strange one just on that because, but actually they're both teams, PSG and Leipzig, that on any given day could torch you Mm. with three goals in half an hour or who Mm. could receive an absolute hiding. And it would be no surprise in either case. It'd be no surprise, for example, if PSG got done 4-0, like, in, 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 the next, in, in, like, in the next couple of rounds. It would be no surprise at all if at some point either of those teams got absolutely just but it would also be no surprise if either of those teams put on spellbinding, a spellbinding performance. Did we shout out the Man City goals before we do, before we move on from this group? I don't think we did and we probably should. We just definitely, definitely should do because... Where they were constructed. They were exactly the same. They kind of like clipped to the back post. We, we saw them do this in the pandemic Champions mm. League kind of era yeah. as well, where... Uh, was it the pandemic one or was it just, was it last season? I'm sorry that the, 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 those two just against merged Dortmund? into one. Was it, was it Dortmund? It was against Gladbach. Right. They also did it against Dortmund, I think, but I think mainly against Gladbach where they just worked and worked and worked and then they'd like ping to the back post. And you almost concede out of exhaustion because you're just dragged out of position. Mm. And the thing about City, it's the Tom and Jerry thing where you know exactly what is going to happen. You know exactly what Jerry is going to do, but you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that they work the ball, actually to be, shout out to PSG because their goal was, there was some, actually there were some really beautiful team goals, uh, to be honest, in these couple of match days. But the PSG goals pretty nicely worked actually. The way that they really like worked the ball around, their chemistry uh, was impressive. But for this one, I mean, the thing, about, the thing about City is it's not just the way they combine for these goals, right? It's the way that multiple City players can do that. Like, the the personal will change, but the attacking motion is the same. 
Mm. The positioning, the fluidity is really something. Gundogan looking good again. Uh, it's no coincidence that City in the ascendant when he stars and he will have a big role to play for them again this year. I just hope that his fitness holds up um, because mm. he's been so unlucky with that in recent months. And I hope crucially that when Pep gets a formula that works and this formula looks like it's working, I hope he sticks to it. Yeah, me too. So please just, you know, back yourself, Pep. I, was, <laughs> I wrote a tweet saying um, that even when Man City kind of score a scruffy looking goal, it still looks like a trademark Man City goal. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Because it was kind of scuffed in the middle, but and Raheem Sterling kind of like slid and it, you know, squirmed in yeah. off the post, but it was still that same move, you know. And Nice the, to see him score, nice to see him getting a poacher's finish as well. Very yeah. nice. And uh, Bernardo's touch on the, the second one was... Well, he's been in a different... He's been in a state of grace, actually. Him and Mo Salah and a couple other players in the Premier League have been in a state of grace and starting. They've just been on another one. Let's talk about Mo Salah quick and go to Group B. You got a lovely goal for Liverpool. Now, now that, can, can I say this about this goal? The side, the left flank of the Porto defence looked permanently confused. <laughs> every, every single part of that movement, from the moment he gets possession on the right flank, everyone looks confused. Nobody truly wants to be there, which is always the sign of a great goal. I think him and, him and Henderson combining. Mm. You did that Salad, straight away where he yeah. turned around and just pointed to Henderson. Yeah, because he was like, we did three things in the move on the way to this goal. That absolutely, like, unbelievable, spectacular goal, that. But it wasn't the goal of the night, was it? Not even close. Because... That's the thing, it wasn't <laughs> even close. <gasps> Thiago's goal in this game was absolutely unbelievable. It's outrageous. It was outrageous. Did it How touch did it even... the turf ever so slightly and bounce up? I think it had to have done. I think it did. I think it, I think it did, it did didn't it? Because there was one... I, I couldn't tell on the first angle, and I saw the second angle, and he kind of, like, does that amazing amazing controlled cut down on it. It's almost like a punch shot in golf. It's unreal. It is. Oh, the trajectory is just so aesthetic. You know, it's, you, know, look, it look, you know, it looked like, it looked like, was it Augusta where they skim the ball off the pond, where the golfers mm. skim Ooh. the ball across the pond? Is, oh. is Augusta? Which, which, know, which? That's two, that's two, two golf references. Any, any golf, any golf fans who are listening, there is one particular shot they do. Is it Roy McIlroy that did it? When they skim it off, they skim it off the actual, the pond. It's unreal. Wow, and, it, and it was just like that. It was spectacular. Like, and it was like a demonstration, you know, because mm. Thiago's had, do you know what it is? It's one of those ones where he's been signed. And in the same way that it's slightly different because there's injury issues, but when Pogba was signed by United, Pogba was meant to elevate Manchester United into something absolutely extraordinary. And Thiago signed for Liverpool was meant to just bring the Liverpool 2.0, the full evolution of that midfield. It hasn't quite happened. And this goal was like a demonstration that he, there were just things he does that no one else can do in that yeah. midfield. So good, that goal. Or, or, oh or, almost, or almost any other midfield, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, Liverpool obviously already through, but that maintained their 100% record in the group. Port had a taste early. They could have done something more, but... They did, but they are still in an okay position because, yeah. in the words of Arsene Wenger, oh, no. you need to suffer. The suffering... Is necessary. The anxiety exists. Atleti. They were really <sighs> poor. They were really poor. I thought Milan were good, but Atleti were very poor. Do you know what worries me about this? I could see this coming. Do you know what's really interesting about this group? So Liverpool have obviously top fifth, scored 15, conceded five. Mm. Porto second, scored three. Atleti third, scored four. Milan bottom, scored five. So confusing. Very, very odd. Milan's first win in the group. They got it late. Was it 87 minutes, the winner? Junior, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Assisted by Frank Kessier. There's another player who is having a really strong, really strong sort of few months. Mm -hmm. Well, he's been on one for a while, but yeah, great to see him do that. Suarez, Deport and Antoine Griezmann all got hooked when the game was still nil-nil without Letty chasing goals. That's weird because I thought, I thought, I thought Simeone kind of started to look like he was figuring it out. And then he hasn't. It looks like it's, he's kind of lost it again. I don't know what is wrong with him in these Champions League games. They've looked probably more f more scared than I've seen Atleti look for many a Champions League campaign, actually. It feels like they're caught between two stalls, almost. Like, it's so strange because they'd really cracked the Champions League mm. and the pandemic came and they just seemed to have, like, slid back. 
like the snakes and ladders of the pandemic really hit them harder than anyone because they were like, they just seemed to have cracked it. And yeah, against back. Anfield, yeah. against Liverpool, yeah, yeah. Anfield that night. Yeah, and then yeah. they went, yeah. yeah, they went to Portugal for the knockouts and then just didn't look the same side at all. All momentum was gone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that was, that really, I mean, obviously, purely in a footballing sense, let's say, because obviously we know that that, yeah, of course. that period yeah, they took its toll on everyone. But in a footballing sense, I think that kind of hurt Atleti the most in the, that year's Champions League. Yeah, them and Atalanta were really on the way to do something. Yeah. They were really Atalanta on the run. kind of did okay when it picked up again, though. <sighs> they weren't, if the energy wasn't there, the vibe was not there. Like mm. the, <sighs> the thing is, when, when a team has come like that, like Atleti and Atalanta did that year, you need time to regroup. And I think they had a good time to get a look at them and work out what was going on. But yeah, anyway, that's... Uh, the final round of games in that group, it is Porto against Atleti in Porto. Milan host Liverpool. Who do you think, who do you think gets out of that group? I have absolutely no idea. I, I don't either. I genuinely no, don't. I, just, I don't have any... Look, honestly, with the results have gone on tonight in this group and other groups. I couldn't tell you a thing about anything. Do you know what? It really wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool rested a load of players, Porto and Atleti drew one all, and then Milan won and got out of the group. Yeah, I can see that. can totally see that. Because Milan have got the kind of, they've got the bounce, haven't they? And then Porto go through to the Europa League and Atleti are out completely, which, I mean, that's going to be really, really, it's going to be a big blow for them financially. Football-wise. This is very poor. They're, they're the champions, Ryan. This is very, yeah. very poor for them. It's really disappointing for Atleti. They've got Griezmann back. Rodrigo Depaul has come in and been really impressive in La Liga in particular. It's just really, really disappointing they didn't kick on from here, I have to mm. say. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I would have expected them to get out of that group easy, actually. Yeah. Group C, Ajax winning again after going a goal down to a penalty early on. Well, after 20 odd minutes, two goals from Sebastian Aller. Uh, he's having a lovely time there, isn't he? he I think he's, he's scored more away goals this Champions League campaign than Luis Suarez has in his entire career, apparently, which is frankly an absolutely wild stat. That's, that is, that's, that's incredible. Suarez scored some really important Champions League goals. That's the weird thing. That's absolutely wild. Uh, apparently he's played five games in the Champions League and has a third of Suarez's total Champions League goal tally. Um, he scored more goals in his first five Champions League games than any other player in the history of the competition. I can't get yeah. over how that's that. That's, that's broken me. That's, that's absolutely incredible. broken yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, Ajax were comfortable at the top of that group, but they, they've confirmed that they will go through top because uh, Dortmund lost away at Sporting and Gosh, it was bad. not yeah. a good night for Dortmund whatsoever. They referred to that Dortmund team as in a deep sleep, didn't they, on Dazone? Mm. This Dortmund team was in a deep sleep. I mean, it just looked, the first goal, the concession of the first goal, a mix-up between Schultz and Pongracic. This was an absolute disaster, completely normal, like long ball, cleared over the top by Sporting. And the problem with this, this, this defence and the second goal as well, like just... Losing um, sporting player top of the box. I think Akanji maybe lost the player top of the box. There's mm. just no pressure on the ball in the six area. No coordination between the centre backs and the defence midfield. It was just that that gap looked like the Bermuda Triangle, honestly. And mm. didn't the, the lack of coordination? It's, it's funny because Holland, when Holland's not there, not not it's all about that, but it's like it knits things together. It knit, and there was a point where you saw Jude Bellingham, and I thought to myself, this is one of the first games. I thought to myself. It's amazing that a player like Jude Bellingham has so much responsibility in the Dortmund team. But then I was also like, my goodness, like at times like this, he was one of the few people where you were like, the leadership is so pronounced there. Like he did provide the lead, a lot of the leadership. And I was just thinking like, Phew. it felt like, and I, don't, I hesitate to talk about psychology of teams and individual players, but it was like no one ever really stepped up. Mm. and sporting you know they weren't necessarily always in the front but they just made the most of their chances it just felt like every single time they attacked the mid the defense was porous and that's very very what's the word um that's demoralizing for a team like Dortmund right like it, it had shades almost of the kind of the Dortmund Leverkusen game where 
they had to work really, really, really hard because they knew that whenever they scored, they weren't going to have the solidity. And like, mm. we said this, and I don't like to sort of hammer on Dortmund because, you know, I love them as a club and I love watching them as a team. But they should be getting out of this group though. They should, exactly. You know what I'm, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be harsh, but. Yeah, they should have been getting out of this group and they are out of the Champions League. They're into the Europa League. Bad look for them. It is a bad look and it's a tricky one for Marco Rosa. I think he has had, actually, I think it's the injuries that's killed them though for this because they have yeah. to have a, so many, so many, so many injuries that mm. you are then relying on an 18-year-old Jude Bellingham who shouldn't be, he shouldn't be already in a, one of the leaders in that team mm. at such a young age. I think one of the one of the positives about Dortmund, I think, is that Julian Brandt's form has been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And him coming back into the side, I think, is because of the injuries, is, it's given him a really good run in the team. So when everyone does come back fit, that is a really good option for Marco Rosa because... And I quite like him in that role as well, I think. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, as a deep-lying player in a two, it only works if you're possession-heavy. But this is quite nice because he combines really well with, you know, he plays wide, but he also combines quite well with the primary striker and he can sort of cut into the central space quite well. And Daniel Marlin is, plays as a nine, but actually vacates the nine spot quite a lot in the best way because, you know, he moves quite well, is very dynamic. Got another goal tonight, which is good to see him scoring more regularly as well because he struggled, I think, for goals um, so far this year. But yeah, some positive signs for Dortmund, although... Slightly gutting there out at such an early stage. One thing about this game, Emre Chan's red. So someone tweeted at the official DAZN Twitter account in Germany <laughs> saying, does anyone know why Emre Chan was sent off? And they reposted, say, they quote tweeted and just said, honestly, no. <laughs> they could not believe it. It was such a Ge- weird red card, man. That, they've been really on that. Actually, that has really hurt Dortmund in the last two games. Two mm. absolutely bizarre red cards, neither of which should have been red, I don't think. Do you think that it's going to be a bit, given that sort of bad luck on the reds and the injuries and the fact that it's Rose's first season, I think there'll be a lot of patience with him, you know? Yeah, I think there will. I mean, he got booked as well, Rosa. He, was, he looked like he was about to lamp someone. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to piss him off? I just don't get it. But anyway, it kind of means that Group C is... Bit dead rubbery. Well, fully dead rubbery on the final match day. Quickly in Group D, Real Madrid beating Sheriff 3 0, Inter being Shakhtar. Is there any player that enjoys shooting with his instep more than Tony Cruz? Oh, this was a bar and out. But there's no one that enjoys it more, is there? This, this man really enjoys shooting with the instep. I mean, he loves it. That's like his thing. Real Madrid and Inter are both through. Sheriff have secured Europa League football, which is massive for them. Yeah. Shakhtar will. Be out of Europe entirely. Let's take a break. Let's do it. And then let's do Tuesday's games. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Okay, let's go to Tuesday night. Let's start with Chelsea UV because Chelsea were 
absolutely brilliant. There was a great piece of commentary on Desiring in Germany saying Chelsea ist eine Maschine. So basically yes, Chelsea, yes. Are, Chelsea is a machine. Chelsea are a machine. And this, talk about revenge. Yeah. This was revenge and then some. Obviously Juve inflicting Chelsea's only defeat of the campaign so far at the, on the return fixture. Boy, did Chelsea make them pay for it. They're just bewildering. The front three of like Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech and Pulisic. That is... First time Chelsea have had three, home, uh, three English goal scorers in the Champions League game, I believe. I mean, they were... <sighs> Chelsea are frightening when they do stuff like this because... Yeah, they really, they really are. Because <laughs> it's just the depth. It's the depth and it's the knowledge that the combinations work so well. And Hudson-Odoi, we've seen him... We've always known that Tuchel really believes in his talent. We've always known that. But he's had, I would say, a stop-start experience under Tuchel where he was trusted a lot and then he wasn't. And now he's returned again and he is, he's not going anywhere else anytime fast. Mm. He is going to be someone on whom... And I referred to him before as an advanced piece of technology. And I think as a footballer, he's someone that can elevate any attack to the very highest level. Um, the fluidity of Chelsea. <sighs> even when Chelsea aren't fully fluid, they're devastating. Like even when they're kind of in like third gear. And you know, this is the thing with this game, this performance, it really, you know, we said there's some, there's some matches where which show teams exactly where they're at, where they're at, where they're at. So no disrespect to obviously Arsenal, but you know, the Liverpool Arsenal, for example, Mm. Or even, you know, to me, like not notice, or you know, or United, United Liverpool. You know, let's be fair, the five nil. Um, but certainly, this, this was, this is exactly who Juventus are. This is exactly who Chelsea are. Like it really, really. If we're going to be real, it really is. Like Juve struggled against, um, well, they lost to Palermo. Um, they've scraped wins in Serie, a, and they've kind of been, they've been heading for a hiding for a while now. I mean, this is quite a kind group, isn't it? And they were on maximum points before this game. Mm. So. But in terms of the play, in terms of their ball movement and the yeah. gaps that are visible in Juventus, like all it would take was one elite team to come along with just the right amount of disrespect and this was going to happen. And here we are. Like this is not a wildly surprising result given the problems that Chelsea have had to solve because Chelsea went through a bit of a period where they were like, they were allowing teams to really come at them. Mm. We saw Zenit do it. We saw Villa do it. We saw Juve do it. And Tuchel went away and to his credit, he worked on this. He worked out new patterns. And unfortunately, <laughs> he's developed a vaccine. Mid- mid-season, <laughs> gave his team a booster. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, when they look like this, they, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them as City go to the final again, for example. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chelsea and Juve are already out of the group. The final match day is important because it will decide who goes through top of that group. Mm. Do you want to talk about Manchester United? Yes, yes, we'll get into that. Um, Jaden Sancho, angry goal. He is yes. off the mark. He is off the mark. Was it angry? Was it angry or did he say it hard? It, it must be a bit angry. So um, headline here is Villarreal nil, Manchester United 2. Ooh, same as it ever was. Villarreal with a lot of match control and really quite impressive. Didn't convert their chances. As Diana Christine said, Villarreal will pay for that and they paid for it. Should have put them away. Michael Carrick was coaching. Um, he looked great, by the way. Yep, yeah, he did. Very he, much a home. He's a good looking man. Van der Beek, um, Van der Beek fielded instead of Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, uh, Martial fielded instead of Marcus Rashford. Neither of which I had the biggest problem with, actually. like. No one I really did. Didn't. <laughs> didn't well, like no, no, there was, there was a lot of issues on social media about it. About was there? Yeah, because he'd you know created the most chances and all the rest of it. I was like, yeah, but he's not like in his rhythm. Uh. And when he came on, I was like, oh, he changed the game. I was like, well, yeah, but he was always going to do that. But like, if you want to start a game away from home and you want match control, you're better with Van der Beek because he gives you that tempo and regulation potentially, whereas Financh doesn't. And if you keep conceding possession at Villarreal at home if you're unlucky, they're going to, they're going to make you pay and they should make them pay. So I wasn't wildly against the team. I liked the selection. United weren't that fluid as we expected. 
but ultimately they just have sufficient firepower. Cristiano Ronaldo with a very good finish. I mean, I must say, very good finish, although some of the fawning over this goal, oh my goodness, he knew uh, the anticipation. I was like, <laughs> it's just a very good finish. It's a very good yeah. lob. It's a very good finish. Good goal. You know, um, and I really like the construction of the uh, second goal. Great link-up play. Great movement. Um, there was a decoy run by Ronaldo. Financially, a really nice touch wide. And Sancho just doing what Sancho does. Financial didn't look too happy with it, though. <sighs> well, I do mean... Think that's it? Do you think I was a bit like... How dare you bench me? Look what I bring. Look what I bring. Oh, I care so much. I care so much. Okay, we get it. We get it. You care so much. It's fine. It's good. Like, <laughs> it's, come on. Okay, look, look, come on. Come on. I mean, you know what? Yeah, I get You're it. my yeah. favorite Manchester United fan. <laughs> Just kidding. Carl Anker is. <laughs> He's my you're favorite my, United fan. You're my second favorite United fan. He's my favorite United fan. You're both my joint favorite United fans. Oh. Make me emotional. But yeah, a, a very good one for United. Puts them in good stead. Puts them through. Uh, and So far top of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good for well, Carrick. They will be I mean, top of the group, huh? I suppose Carrick is auditioning at some point for his, his role under the new manager, whoever that is. And there's lots of talk. As you mentioned, there's lots of talk about Valverde, which I love because that was such a specific reference. I love it too. I love Valverde. Yeah. And I think he did really well at Man United. I think he's a great appointment at the moment. He's a good, he's a good I mean, human. He, des- he deserves more than an interim job, but I think he's in a he's a great interim. He wrote it was so funny. Twitter's like, I saw that. Yeah, like, Ernesto, just like stick with taking your photos. Like, yeah, well, don't, don't do it. Don't do yeah, it. Don't do it. <laughs> I think he's great, man. I yeah, think he's great. Wonderful. I think he's a great appointment. I love Valverde because he's he's very classy. There's such an essential decency about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about his old club. Well, actually, no, before we do, let's talk about the other game in that group. Young yep. boys and Atalanta with an absolute thriller in Bern. Oh Atalanta. my good grief. Do you know what they absolutely box office? Someone said it best. So Nikki, Nikki Bandini, Bandini, she tweeted. Said, she said, always watch Atalanta. As then someone replied, but just never bet on them. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's the motto. Oh, it's, it's just, I love it. I love it. Zapata so opened the scoring, equaliser before half time. Atalanta taking the lead 2-1. Palomino was it? Uh, Centre-back? Yeah, yep. yeah. Got the, got, got the second. Vincent Sierra got an equaliser for young boys. And then Sylvan Hefty with an absolute wonder goal, which should have won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a goal like that deserves to win games. And then Lewis Muriel was just like, uh-uh. I'm going to pop this little cheeky free kick over the wall. <laughs> Muriel, Muriel's been on smoke. Muriel is like, I love just, it, just, just, do you know, I love these kind of like, um, do you know, he's weird and it's weird. Like, you know, like you've got Batman and Robin. I think that actually Atlanta have got Robin and Robin because like Zapata and Muriel are not quite Batman. They don't have Batman energy and like, they're just, they're just going to pop up and do their thing. And just like, but I don't mean Robin as in a subsidiary. I mean, as in like, just they're all the, sidekicks. The, 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 yeah, the underdog though, the underdog vibes. Yeah. Like they both really found themselves. Muriel had a good spell like elsewhere. I think severe, but like they both really found themselves in terms of spiritual home at Atalanta. So yeah, they're very much the Robin Hood FC, aren't they, Atalanta? Yeah, it does strike me as some, some you know, somewhere that you will be able to find a home. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Makes that final match though super interesting because uh, Atalanta play Villarreal in essentially a shootout for who goes through. It's funny because I thought these are the two most cohesive teams in the group, actually. In terms of the football they've played, they're the teams that had the most cohesion, but actually it's not always about cohesion. Yeah. Atlanta's firepower has kind of come to them a bit late and they've been a bit all over the place, frankly, this year. I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at me saying this, but for the way that Manchester United have played in this group, the fact that they are top, having only lost one game, is wild. I mean, that group is a catfish. That is, I think that's the most catfish group, actually. It is, it is, it is. There's always one catfish group yeah. in the Champions League. Yeah. Oh my God. Group of death, group of catfish. That needs to be a thing. The next group World of Cup. catfish, man. Who are the group of cat? But this is a group of catfish for sure. Uh, Atalanta could end up going out of Europe entirely. <laughs> I saw a stat. Wolfsburg in their group cannot finish third. They can only finish first, second or fourth. I know. I love it. Yeah. I love that. That's such a Wolfsburg thing. Yeah, can I, oh my God, that's so funny. You said that. I was, like, I was about to say this. 
If you said to me, which club is this in the Champions League? I'd be like, Wolfsburg. <laughs> It'd be like, the- <laughs> uh, well, they faced Lille on the final match day, having lost to Sevilla. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. It's a bad week for German clubs in the Champions League, apart yeah. from Bayern, who scraped through away at Kiev. But Sevilla was such good value for that, to be honest. They were. It was such good value, yeah. A Lille beat in Salzburg in the other game in that group, which was a little eye-raising result, that. That's uh, eyebrow-raising, sorry. No, the, f- the, most ir- the, the most eyebrow-raising part of this was the fact that, like, Jonathan David was begging Burak Yilmaz for the ball, for the winning <laughs> goal. He was begging on these three occasions. And he was like, please, please, and eventually it ricocheted to him. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way Yilmaz was going to pass it. And he got it. He was like, yeah, I'll take that. Bang, 1-0. But yeah, shout out to him. He's been, you know, really impressive again. Such a good player, man. Yeah, yeah. Lille have only lost one game in that group. They're on eight points. Salzburg on seven points. Sevilla on six. And Wolfsburg on five. What else do we need to talk about? We need to talk about, we mentioned Bayern being Ki- uh, Dinamo Kiev 2-1 in, or Dinamo Kiev. Lemondowski is so good that his bicycle kick goes virtually unreported. I know. Like it's, this goal was incredible. It was incredible. Like, and it was Both goals were good, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Coman's was a very fine strike, but the improv, although Neuer had a moment, didn't he? Neuer had, I think maybe it was cold. He had a bit of a... Neuer's had a few <laughs> this year. Neuer's had a few this year. He had a waft, yeah, yeah. Neuer does this, basically. He's like... Um, He's like a DJ who only plays underground music in like a really mainstream club. <laughs> He'll play one tune that they all know. So everyone's just, everyone's on side being like, yeah. And then he'll play three or four in a row that they're all a bit do, like, I'm not sure about this, but he played that you know one a while like, ago. Do you know it's like when, when, when most F released True Magic <laughs> and you weren't sure if he actually wanted anyone to like that album. It feels like that for noise, the noise like, I've been so dominant for so long. Let me just give everyone a curveball. Well, there was that thing, wasn't there, where like he basically, for, for two or three years, he got away with definitely not being the best German keeper around. Yes. Because he was he Manuel did. Neuer. And then yeah. he had that unbelievable year last year. And then he's decided to just, he's like, I, it doesn't matter. He's like, this year doesn't matter. Yeah. After the season I had last year and the season before winning the Champions League. I'm yeah, I've gone, I've gone clear. I'm, I've gone I'm clear. Go rogue, again. I'm going rogue for two seasons and no one's having a conversation. Do you know what's actually an interesting thing to, to analyse? how the Champions League has punctuated the careers of those core Bayern players. Mm. You know, if you look at Muller in the ascendancy and then the Champions League almost capped one era of that because it was like after World, it's sort of World Cup, the Champions League, then World Cup. And then like, okay, that was like all sort of a footnote. And then they kind of had to return to that again. It's really interesting, actually. Obviously Bayern, way out in front in this group. They're going to finish yep. top. Oh, they host Barca on the final match day <laughs> with Barca needing something from it to, Barca to go needs, through. I mean, it's such a strange one because, okay, how do I say this? It's not a good look for Barca to go through. I mean, financially, financially, Barca really need this. Yeah, they really do. The problem is it's a strange one. I think actually in the end, you always go for the victory. There's no question about that. And Barca have to go for it. The sad thing for Barca is Nil-nil draw as Benfica. They played some beautiful football, but they just lack the finishing touch. They lack the striker. Maybe it's not the striker. Maybe it's the finishing, actually, because they do have forwards that can finish. But it's so frustrating for them because they basically are missing. I mean, the, the absence of Ansu Fati is cruel at this point. Like, I mean, it's cruel. So just a, we didn't mention Bayern's absences due to COVID and... Uh... Oh, that's wild. A oh, my goodness. reluctance to get vaccinated. But um, yeah, so, a, load so of them, Bayern a load of basically... them are getting vaccinated now. It looks like Bayern are deciding to basically fine mm. unvaccinated players for every sort of week they miss of quarantine. So Bayern have their issues off the field. But Barcelona, the sadness there is I worry they're going to come up slightly short in the Champions League. But I don't think it's impossible that they win at Bayern because Bayern might be a bit distracted by the considerations. And also, if you really go at Bayern, Gladbach have shown you can get some joy. Also, Bayern have had and a they few provi- ropey results recently. Yeah, they provided a bit of a playbook, Gladbach in particular, for how to go at this team. Um, and they lack a bit of cohesion in the back four. Uh, some uncertain characters and combinations there. I just... The worst thing with Barca is whenever I start believing they can do something, they let me down. And it's normally the finishing. Right, it's normally the finishing. I think it'll be that again. The other day against Benfica, when Dembele came on, and this is the funny thing with Dembele coming on, right? 
I think we said this before, those three huge signings they made after Neymar's departure, the one signing that really has only failed through no pure fault of his own, fault is a harsh word because Coutinho was just never a good fit to start with, but Dembele's injuries, mm. Dembele's injuries because Dembele was scoring big goals. I mean, Atleti, he got a huge goal against them in La Liga. You know, he was scoring big goals almost from his arrival and his injuries just hurt him. And when he came on, the roar from the camp now, mm. this is a beloved footballer. And it doesn't hurt to have the Xavi co-sign straight in the gate. No. Because this is a man playing like the new coach has belief. What's that word he used? He said he was a crack, mm. a brilliant player, like an elite footballer. Dembele came on and was basically... Again, shout out to Diana Christine. She pointed this out. She said, you know, he was having, they were having a nice quiet evening with Demir out on the flank. Demir was playing well, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, but was causing problems, but were manager problems. Dembele came on and it got very real. It got, <laughs> I mean, there was so much. Can we talk so about, much can we talk about the miss yeah. though? Because they got out, they absolutely got away oh with goodness. it right at the end. Harris Seferovic. It's rare that you see a striker go through a confidence crisis in real time. But when he knocked it past Ter Stegen and then faced with the goal, mm. it was strange because the first touch, it was almost like, do I go past him with the first touch or finish first time? Last minute you see the decision being made, you know, I'll go past him. Actually, it was a very good touch to go past Ter Stegen. And then scuffed finish. And someone, Tori Haukstad, shared a graphic of Zahirovic's, um last few seasons. And he Wilder. literally, he basically goes like five goals in 30 games, yep. 23 and 29, five and 30, but 20 something in, in, in 30. Like he really is a player demonstrably who operates on the basis of confidence. And the really sad thing for him is unfortunate is that there's certain moments where a goal changes your career. It happened with Espanyol actually, Barca Espanyol, Xavi's first game, where I can't remember the striker, but he missed a superb chance, right? I, I think it was, <clears throat> he missed a superb chance at 1-0. And if that goes in, he is forever the player that scores the equaliser against Xavi's Barcelona at the camp now. And that affects your contract renegotiations, affects everything. And that is definitely a sliding doors moment. And Severovic had that. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I, I say this out of sympathy because every now and again in a striker's career, you see a moment where the entire career changes. And that was that for him, you know? So Barcelona need to, they don't even need to channel their inner glad back when they go to, I never thought I'd say this, but Barcelona just need to be Augsburg. They do, you know, they do. They don't even need to be glad back. They just need to be Augsburg. You're right. And they've got the tools to be Augsburg because the way that they kept, um, some of Busquets' play. There's a pass that Busquets plays in the first half, I think. Ryan, honestly. So he looks up. And uh, Busquets obviously two-footed over distance. He looks up and you think he's about to sweep this long diagonal pass to the left flank, right? And I'm literally like, I'm, okay, wow. There it is. What a great pass. And he plays this astonishing reverse pass with the head fake into the inside right channel. And I'm just like, I, I honestly think that the Busquets head fake is the most consistently mind-blowing skill that I see in football. Yeah, it's because good, he does it all the time with no flash and he always does it when it's necessary. And he, I've, I've never seen a player this, you know, he's relatively slow, cover this much ground, like dominate this much ground. He was brilliant against Benfica again. And, you know, it's no coincidence that if you combine him with a coach that really understands him, Luis Enrique for Spain, Xavi for Barca, he is, on, on, a, on a day like that, in that specific role, he's the best defensive midfield in the world. Even now, even physically in decline, even now he's still the best in the world. What a shout. There we go. There's my cold take. Well, it is chilly out and I think it would be lovely and kind of you to depart with such a, a warming gesture. It is, isn't it? Yeah. That take. <laughs> Warm your hands on that take, everyone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, 11 teams through, five to be decided on the final match day. Uh, Sporting, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Inter, Juve, PSG, Real Madrid, Ajax, Bayern. Good list. 
Really good. Shall we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's do it. We hope everyone's staying safe and well. To anyone celebrating Thanksgiving, hope you have a great day filled with good company and good food and plenty of love. Love. Hi, <laughs> Nick. There you go. Everyone's just like, oh, God. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're playing out this episode on Vincent, the new age. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Stadio newsletter. Go to stadio.football to sign up. And all of the other admin that we did at the top of the show. Anything else you want to add me, Sokwanga? Nothing further, Johanna. Lovely. Have a lovely rest of the week and weekend, everyone. Much love and we'll be back on Monday. See you then. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.